Welcome to the Revolutionary Love and Resilience Podcast Season 2. I'm Myra Holtzman. And I'm Shelby Lee. We are both trained psychotherapists who wear a few different hats working in the field of healing. Together, we focus on somatic-based and other leading-edge approaches to healing trauma. We're here igniting a revolution around embodiment, life after trauma, and nurturing resilience. We know that collaborating as colleagues and peers makes us stronger, wiser, and meaningfully connected. If you're a coach, therapist, care provider, or someone impacted by trauma, this podcast is for you. We believe in the body as an ally in the healing process and support the magic of helping nervous systems come back into balance. Join us as we offer an empowering and relationship-focused perspective to healing. This is a place where fierce and tender folks can come to get support and encouragement. We want you to know that we are right here with you on the path. Shelby, I think you're about to launch your Embodied Coaching Experience program. Is that true? It is. It's the, I don't know, third or fourth year where we've done several rounds. And so we're jumping into our next one. Yes, woman. I saw this and I realized I don't actually know anything about your Embodied Coaching Experience program. And I would love to hear about anything you want to share with regard to maybe what the goals are or anything you want to tell me about it since I don't know about it. (laughs) Where might you want to start? Yeah, well, it is, gosh, okay, I'm like talking to you, Myra. (laughs) Like, how do I break this down instead of trying to tell the whole world about it? You know, it's essentially a supervision program, which you know about, you know, it's something that therapists are very familiar with where we get together in a small-ish group of colleagues and support all of the things that are happening in sessions and in business. And the extra special part about this program is that it's one, mostly for coaches, although we do have therapists, we do have body workers, and it's also focused around embodiment. So it's so that we can feel at home in our bodies and in ourselves and also help guide our clients towards that instead of all this heady talking about our clients and uh, giving advice to each other and trying to be smarter than each other and all of that. It's like, no, I mean, I say that because when I was in my supervision groups years and years ago, man, I just wanted to be the smartest person in the room. (laughs) As I'm sure so many of us do when we're starting out. I'm, I don't actually wouldn't put it past me to not still feel that way. But, you know, I was so insecure. I just really needed everyone to hear me and do it right. And so I developed this program where we could all let those walls melt a little bit and mm. really let ourselves be human here with all of the parts of ourselves. Just like, yeah, we're all experts. We're all highly skilled. We also have really incredible insecurities. We also want to know how to tend to this situation or that situation with our clients or building our businesses. And so it's really a place where we can be less lonely in this Mm -hmm. industry where, gosh, we get our training and then we go out and we try to be entrepreneurs. We try to be great marketers. We try to be amazing at supporting people's 
um, growth and healing. And God, we just can't do it alone. You know, we can't. And the burnout rate right. is so high. And so yeah. my course is just to support all of that and more. Oh, gorgeous. One of the things I love that you said was, in a nutshell, the program is there to help you feel at home in your body and in yourself. And I feel like that is one of the most primary definitions of embodiment. <clears throat> so I really love that you said that. I'm curious about, you know, what I hear what motivated you to start the program. What do you what have you been loving about the last, what has it been, four or five launches of participants that have been doing it? Or, yeah, you know, I'm curious about what you love about it and also what insight and wisdom maybe you have gained working with coaches and therapists and body workers as they come into your supervision, this, this supervision program. Yeah. Honestly, I think this is probably the sixth round. I originally called it Coaching with Confidence uh, back in, I think it was early. 2019 it might have even been 2018 actually I think it was mm. and then um I called it uh embodied coaching experience that felt more clear and you know something simple as an insight was just yesterday we one of the groups met and part of how we arrive together is doing some kind of practice so that we can come into connection together with ourselves and our own bodies. And so we did a grounding practice and then we uh, broke out into small groups. And uh, I think the prompt was, and we have a really structured way of how we connect. We don't just talk at each other. It's, um, it's in a way where you know people's nervous systems can settle together. But they all got to share what they were really fucking proud of together. And that could be anything between be so, uh, between brushing your teeth because you're having a super challenging day or I just sold out my mastermind. You know, it could be anything. And my favorite part about um, having people connect in that way is seeing them when they come back from their small groups after having connected like that. Some of them have been in this program and have repeated it again and again and again over the years. So they've known wow. each other a long time. Others, this was their first round. But the way they connect with each other, we practice in everything we do, what we do with each other, we do with our clients. So they come out and they, they're glowing. They're radiant. They're lighter. They look like they're, they've arrived. They're here. And they do that through mm. co-regulation. And they are all sharing, oh, my goodness, it's so good to see this particular person and get to spend some smaller group intimate time. Like they really care about each other a lot and they really feel safe enough to share their celebrations, their struggles, which, you know, each of us have our edge. Some of us have a harder time being big, sharing our celebrations. Some have a harder time sharing challenges and just yeah. getting to see them light up in the presence of each other after having built that trust over this, yeah, the course of, you know, whether it's been six months or years, it just makes me happy. <laughs> I can see it in the way that you're smiling and you were gesticulating earlier. Everything that I heard from you just in this last bit, here were sort of the primary words that landed for me. You used we and together a lot, that word. You also used connected. 
And then you started talking about the co-regulation piece. And I got this image of a group of people getting together and having this prompt of what are you proud of, where, you know, co-regulation is how each of our nervous systems impact the people around us. And, And I imagine that being in a space where whatever it is that you're sharing, we're all regulating together. And that increases this sense of kinship and connection that is so, I think, vital to the embodiment uh, practice. So I just wanted to repeat those things because, oh, and then the last thing that you talked about was the trust that gets built because things like trust and connection, at least for me, can sometimes get mixed up for the clients that I work with as something that happens in their head. Like we connect on ideas or we connect because we do these other things versus our bodies actually being in the sort of same, I don't know, vibration or wave together. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Does that land it all for you? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly why I call it embodied coaching experience because we could be connecting just in the realm of thoughts, but here we get to include that nervous system regulation, that place where we get to exhale together and just be together without having to produce a lot. And you know, when we're in that idea of, or realm of ideas, I think a lot of us get caught up in like, let's produce these um, things or perform together so that we can stay connected and keep each other's attention. And so when we're in this co-regulatory experience, we actually don't have to do much at all. Just one little prompt and like everyone comes into connection. Yeah. Gorgeous. Well, I kind of might put you on the spot here, so decide if you want to go this direction or not. Uh, I have a question about how you might respond to something that I struggle with. Not, it's not really a struggle, um, but given that I see clients four days a week and I'm working all day and I'm often pretty sedentary, which to me is a really hard way to be embodied. Um, myself, I love being embodied through movement and, of course, through connection, and I'm sitting still sometimes up to nine hours a day, seeing clients, doing co-regulating touch. And I was wondering if you would be willing to offer how you might work with that or attend to that or support me, whether I was, I mean, not in your program, but if I was in your program, how might you start to talk about that or support? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go like big to small here. What is that? Macro to micro? (laughs) I think there is something happening in the health and wellness world where this idea of embodiment is something that we put on this huge pedestal in terms of like it's very black and white you're either embodied or you're not you're either enlightened awakened embodied or not and if you're not fully embodied whatever the fuck that means um you're <laughs> not there you're not present you're not in your practice you know um that you could be doing more and so then there's this experience of like not enough or there's this um diminished experience if we're judging ourselves saying i'm a somatic practitioner i'm a body-based practitioner yet i'm sitting in my chair all day and i'm not moving and so something must be wrong here and so i just want to like say screw that mentality I I talk about this a lot in my groups where for years I had this little like um, monkey on my back going, you're not, uh, you're not there all the time. And so you must be failing. You must be doing something wrong. And there for me was 
how I felt when I was sitting month-long silent meditation retreats. And if I wasn't that embodied uh, in my daily life, doing my errands, connecting with my clients, interacting with my friends, I felt like a failure. And there was this pressure on me to get back to that place constantly. And so I think we do this thing where we subtly pressure our clients to get there and we subtly pressure ourselves to get there. Um, not we as in everyone all the time, but I think in, as an industry, there's this idea that embodiment is everything. And so if we're not there, um, there's something that is broken. And I just want to say, screw that. Embodiment is a spectrum. And so if I'm sitting there for nine hours a day, can I have my attention in my kidneys? Okay. Hey, look, your attention's in your body. Cool. There's some embodiment right there. Uh, can I feel my hands with my client? Yep, there's some embodiment right there. Oh, check out, I'm in my thoughts. Guess what? Your mind lives in your head. <laughs> that's still you being aware of something that's happening inside of you. And to me, that's more than enough. And those things grow on themselves over time. And so what we're looking for is moving towards embodiment. We're moving towards connecting with our felt sense as much as we can, but also knowing that even if it's just the little toe for five seconds, that's a huge celebration and that's more than enough. And can we just give ourselves a break here? <laughs> it's so funny as you were talking, I, I felt like I was lovingly getting called out because I have such a uh, preference or bias towards embodiment. And I wouldn't say that I judge people towards embodiment, but I'm certainly, especially in sessions, maybe assessing like how much can this client be inside their body? So it was a, it was a nice uh, reality check about this sort of bias around you got to be all embodied, otherwise you're failing. Because I can also really recognize that, which is was undergirding my question. Right. I don't know if you caught that, but it was like, oh, I'm sitting all day long and I'm really sedentary. And there was that little subtle judgment that's like, right, I'm supposed to be a somatic therapist. So I'm, I'm supposed to be maybe doing something else. <laughs> um, and it's also true that when I'm in my session, knowing that I'm going to be like have a long day, I'm doing a lot of checking in with my body, checking in with how my seat feels or how my feet feels or how I feel in relationship with my client. And I loved how you said that embodiment is a spectrum and that we want to support everyone that we come into contact, I want to support everyone that I come into contact with and my clients towards moving towards that direction of being more in their bodies and learning how to inhabit it in such a way. And this is me talking about embodiment now. So of course, chime in, but in such a way that there's over time an ability to listen to the wisdom of what our bodies, sensations, physiological cues, that kind of thing uh, is informing us of in that present moment. I remember um, during my somatic experiencing training, one of my trainers said, when you live in your body, you can only be in present time. And I just thought it's something I've carried with me for the whole of my years of somatic training. So I don't know if I was going anywhere with this, but any thoughts on your end? I mean, I just agree. You know, yeah. I, I'm with you. And it's not that I'm trying to let us off the hook of like, you know, okay, cool. Let's not uh, learn what embodiment is, or let's not bring the somatics into our practice. 
but I want to take the pressure off because I don't think pressure helps anything. It certainly doesn't for me or judging ourselves or comparing ourselves. Right. Because what we know about our systems is that when we take the pressure off, it's naturally going to move towards embodiment. That is what's happening in our state of integration and wholeness. And so we can Mm. drop a practice in here. We can remind ourselves here, like, oh, yeah, as I'm with my client, let's be here in this present time. What do I know brings me into present time? Sinking into my soft belly right here in this present moment. Um, But then when we wander away, not to be like, oh, I'm a bad practitioner because I had to sit still for nine hours, you know. Right. So in terms of the more micro, it's like, okay, so if we do have to be sitting for that many hours, how can we bring a gentle awareness here and just going, yes, this is what's present right now. This is my livelihood. This is what I've chosen. How can I be more embodied and connected in this moment? And then we bring in tools like that we practice in embodied coaching experience. Where do I want to listen from in my body today? Is there a particular part of my body that's really here and available to be connected? Different things like that. Yeah. You know, as, as we were both talking and I get this a fair amount, I, there are these sort of objection questions that show up like, why be embodied? Like my thoughts, no, I know, you know, everything I've always lived in my head. My thoughts are King. They help me out a lot. And I guess I'm sort of curious how you might respond to someone who's like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the big deal about learning how to live in your body? I've been doing just great living in my head most of the time. Yeah. Any responses to that? One, I'd say, fine, great. If you're having, if that's working for you, stay with it. I don't need you to do anything. (laughs) But if it's Mm. not working for you and you're wanting to feel like you're able to kind of slow down, connect on a different level, feel your, um, I don't know, intuition is the wrong word for me because that can be a little problematic in terms of being a care provider and what I think about using intuition, but like your wisdom. (laughs) Um, If you want to access it on a different way than you're used to, you know, if you're curious or interested, not like because you think you should. You know, Uh, if there's something in you going, huh, there might be something here calling me more inwards or what, you know, one thing that embodiment has given me and gives a lot of the people that I work with is the experience of doing less with clients Mm -hmm. and like being able to really set, be still and go, what I'm offering is more than enough. And not getting tied up in this hustle culture of I need to wow my client and I need to like show them the transformation. I need to give them the transformation. I need to do the transformation with this. <laughs> you know, like when we're embodied, we have this re- access to so much more information and steadiness and groundedness and that then our clients can feel and they so don't true. need to perform for us. And they feel more safe to just show up as they are in each moment and not have to go fast through their healing and their growth to essentially like one, perform for us and two, probably repeat a trauma pattern. 
Yeah. And we Word, don't get Shelby. that in this coaching industry. We don't hear like you, you get to like create long-term relationships with clients and you don't have to wow them or impress them. Like actually just slowing down, being a safe person to be with them. <laughs> yeah. It creates something for them that they actually want to like be in this process with you. And then yeah, send all their I friends. Love all of that. Yeah. I mean, part of what is happening for me as you're talking, and I think about my own, you know, where I am on the spectrum of embodiment is how much more connected I get to feel to everyone when I'm really in my body and really attuned and listening to how it feels to be talking to someone about this topic or um, even in conflict. Or just the other day, I was, I could feel my own, my own revved up sympathetic sympathetic dominant pattern starting to come on because we were getting ready to go to a, a fourth of july gathering and there are all these things i wanted to get done so my mind was like hurry up get it done let's go let's go and i started feeling like tight in my jaw and my my chest got a little bit tight and i made the decision to just slow the hell down and that i was going to get done what i was going to get done but i wanted to show up at this party in ease versus like <sighs> hurry up. Okay, good. I made it on time. And I had this thought that was kind of a new thought that I found fascinating, which was, wow, I just, I just created an abundance of time for myself because I listened to my body's need to not go surging ahead into urgency and trying to please someone by showing up on time, even though there was no on time to show up for at this gathering. So yeah, I just, embodiment is in my world, and I think it is too in yours, I loved your response, but everything. And I like the way that you responded to the question, which is like, yeah, that's okay. If you, if we're living in your head has been working for you, then great. I tend to be the one that's like, are you sure it's working for you? <laughs> like I tend to, not in a bad way, I don't think, but I want people to sort of question that idea that their head knows everything. Totally. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just, I used to be super righteous about it really, really righteous. Mm. And it's exhausting for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really disconnecting for me. And yes, I really value embodiment as a practice and as a way of working with my clients. And it's not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. That's totally okay. Yeah. So we've kind of danced, we've talked about what embodiment is, I think, in the ways that you've talked about examples of how you invite clients to, you know, to come into their body in your program. I'm wondering if we could talk about it more explicitly. You know, how do we know when we're embodied? How do we, or how do you know when you're embodied? Um, when are the times that you might not actually feel that embodied and you let that be okay, so to speak? Because I think that embodiment is such a, in some ways, a, a catch-all term without one clear definition. And not that I need one clear definition, but sometimes a lot of people need one clear definition. So anything you want to share with that? Or maybe there's a better question that you can respond to that might not be the right question. Yeah, I think that's a great question. How do I know when I'm embodied? How do we know when we're embodied? And yeah, I think a really simple definition is kind of moving towards living in the felt sense experience in the present moment. Yeah. And so what that means for me is 
I could really be spinning in my mind going, you know, thinking about the future, planning, leaning into what's next. I could be kind of sucked back into the past, ruminating. When I'm embodied, I'm more available to connect with the present moment, with whatever arises, anything that I'm feeling. So I like to check in with my five senses, you know? Um, Some people have an access point that's stronger than others, like smell for me and just boom, brings me right here. Um, Some people feeling their feet or their seat or their hands, that can bring them right here, a sound, a song. And just letting myself enjoy it, you know, that's the next level yeah. of embodiment <clears throat> tie plus like how do we teach our systems to want to keep being in the present moment? So letting yes. ourselves enjoy it. Um, so really simply that uh, when I'm feeling deeply embodied, I think my voice feels more um, like it can flow more easily feels like there's less constriction around my throat. It feels a little deeper. It's clearer. It's softer. It, to me, it feels more powerful. Uh, my belly tends to soften. I have a chronic holding pattern where I am just clenched in my solar plexus in my gut. And so when my belly is softer, I am trusting this present moment more. I'm trusting my connection here in this present moment. So those are my signs. However, it's different for everyone. How about you? That's right. I love everything you just said. Um, so one of the ways that I would define embodiment is learning how to live in your body with more attunement and responsivity. Um, and attunement is that sort of gentle, curious awareness towards something, whether it's towards self or towards other. And then put in that i put in responsivity because oftentimes what i'm seeing especially with working with developmental trauma and shock trauma is that there's a instead of being responsive to the body's needs there's almost like a desire to get away from that especially when you're in the midst of a trauma response so being able to have this almost conversation with your system where you're present with it and listening to what it might be trying to tell you so that's one of the definitions I have about embodiment. Um, I have a story about when I was, I think I may have talked about this in a previous podcast, but when I was going through my somatic experiencing training, I was sitting at a dinner and one of the, it was a, it was kind of like a lighthouse, you know, like a light bulb moment. And I was starting to withdraw socially from the group because I was sitting at the dinner table and I was sitting at the head of the table with like six other people. And they were having conversations about things that I don't get and or wasn't interested in, like politics <laughs> or, I don't know, something else, which to me is like, you know, watching paint dry. And I was noticing my body beginning to brace, like my throat was bracing, my shoulders were kind of like hunching up by my ears. And I realized that I had a, I had a choice in that moment about how I wanted to show up. I could go right into that pat that brace pattern and sort of shrink away. And I probably would have left early, which also would have been fine, except for the fact that I really wanted to stay at the party. And I really enjoyed the people I was meeting and hanging out with. And so I sat there for a few minutes and I just sort of came back into uh, sending breath into those tense places. And it was a remarkable shift that my body could then and my brain could then move into more social engagement and not 
these stories about like, wow, I can't keep up or I'm not as smart as them or these people are really intellectual and I can't keep up, things like that. And so that was one of the first ways that I really practiced intentional embodiment of changing a pattern. And these days, a lot of what I love to track is how joy feels in my body. It's like one of my joys, one of my biggest experiences, values. I don't know what you would call it, but it's a thing that I uh, really like. And so when it happens, I do a lot of savoring of you talked about the soft belly, right? It's like, right, when I'm in full joy, I have this soft belly and my breathing is really big and full and my um, I can feel uh tension around my face, but not because it's bad, but because I'm smiling. Um, And then also noticing those places where everything starts to relax and expand. So these days, that's a lot of what I'm paying attention to as my metric, right? So is my body in a place of joy and ease? And if not, what's happening in or around me that might need some kind of tension? And I think that that's one of the ways that learning how to become more and more embodied has really served me because then I get to be in that flow of joy more than the flow of conflict or old patterns that really don't serve me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that Hakomi term, savoring, is something that I use all the time. And Hakomi is a somatic psychotherapy practice. And we don't realize that we actually have to slow down enough and be present for these pleasant experiences because when our systems are in survival, when we're dysregulated, we're wired to stay fixated on what's wrong, what's unpleasant, what doesn't feel good, what's uncomfortable. And so it can feel like a project to actually have to stop and go, joy, what's joy like? Can I hang out with it? Can I take some breaths with it? It's just remarkable how impactful it is when we can be aware enough to do that. Right, exactly. What you just said makes me think of, you know, some clients that I work with, they come in because they, they've come to see me and they've done a lot of work. They've seen shamans, they, you know, have a coach, they have a therapist and all of these kinds of things. And one of the things about embodiment, especially given that I work mainly with developmental trauma that I find really interesting is that those clients that come in and tell me they're embodied, it's so true. They absolutely know how to be in their body and they can sense. And what I have noticed is that their the way that they attune to their body or live in their body is by looking out for just what you said, which is what's wrong, what hurts, why am I crying, what's going on? And so they know how to be in that place of embodiment where the focus is on the hard stuff, the uncomfortable stuff. And a lot of times with those clients, I have to, by degrees, teach them or support them in learning how to track joy instead of pain or Um, ease instead of strife. And that is a very, you mentioned it earlier about how we can uh, listen to or pay attention to our bodies from different perspectives. And that's a different perspective to go from the perspective of what's wrong to what's going really well, like what's feeling so good in my body right now. Because oftentimes, even when people are activated or, um, you know, really freaked out for lack of a better term right now, there's some place in their body, if we can, if I, for me, if I can slow down long enough to look for it, that actually feels solid or neutral. And that also is a huge help. So I, I felt, I felt like that was really important for me to be, bring up because embodiment is great. And if your perspective is 
and not that it's bad or good, but if your perspective is always looking for what's wrong in your body, unfortunately, that would be kind of an easy thing to find. Yeah. And that's also a really big part of what we do in my trauma-informed space as coaches. You know, we work on trauma-informed care and embodied care, both for ourselves and our clients. And so many of us are trained to look for what's wrong as care providers. We're trying to- Totally. What's broken in them? What can we fix? What intervention can we do for that? What can we do for that? And so we're just playing along with that survival experience of re-perpetuating the trauma. When we sit in our seats, just trusting that we know everything that's happening in front of us makes sense. And that if there's something that is causing them stress, it's probably an adaptive coping strategy that was really trying to take (sighs) care of them. So when we can sit with them with so much compassion and awareness going, whatever is happening is important. It's bringing us information. It's trying to take care of them, even if it's not helping them very much these days. Um, It gives us so much space to feel more comfortable in our seat and so much more energy to be with people instead of like, what's wrong? What can I fix? What can I do? Because then we're in that survival experience that stresses our system as well. A thousand percent. You mentioned the word adaptive and from, you know, from what I have heard with clients, it's one of the ways that I support ushering them into their body is instead of trying to get away from this physiological and somatic experience that, you know, create shame or strife or inner conflict, when they start to understand that the way that their body is trying to respond to something that's patterned and it's an adaptive response, it's almost like this door opens. I watch it into their body and they're like, oh, so it's okay that my heart's racing. It's okay that I feel like curling up in a ball and just hiding in my basement in a closet underneath a blanket, right? And then they can start touching into this way, and maybe in this case, that that response in the body was really protective because it's really protective to curl up in a ball and want to hide away because it you know moves you away from um, threat, hopefully. So I love that because it's it's... It's often a way that I will work with clients about, so how is this adaptive? What's the function of this rage response that you're having? You know, and they'll be like, nothing, there's no, there's no function to it. It's just bad. And I'm like, yeah, but remember that this didn't come out of nowhere, right? And so they, by degrees, learn how to feel into these patterns that keep them stuck and then be, befriend it, for lack of a better term. And maybe start to move towards it, as you have said in this podcast, like just moving towards not just understanding the response, but also feeling into it. So it doesn't have quite a hold on them in their daily experience. So I love that you said adaptive. It's really an important piece, I think, in the embodiment process for anyone, coach, therapist, client, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the last thing I'd like to say about embodied coaching experience is that it's not another training. You know, there's so many trainings out there to learn more skills and do more to help fix people and ourselves to be better. And it is something to sink into where we get to integrate everything we've already learned, both our life experience and our trainings and where we get to be together in a different kind of way and just let all of that emerge with 
some support. And yes, of course, there will be things to learn because there's always things to learn, but it's not just a download of here's all this stuff, do it. It's more like a let's melt all the layers of conditioning away and just let all everything we already have emerge together and and honor each other for that and celebrate each other and support each other with what we already have and we all get to shine together. It's a really collaborative experience and I just love it. Beautiful. I'm so happy that you're offering this and I hope that listeners who have either participated or haven't participated will consider taking it because it sounds just so needed in the times that we're living in. So thank you for offering that. I'm super excited. And thanks also for letting me know about your program and this fun conversation about uh, embodiment because you and I could riff on that pretty much all day, I think. (laughs) Totally. Well, if people want to sign up, um, we start the first week of August this round and you can find it just, you know, search Embody Coaching Experience in my name. It will pop up and you can check it out. Awesome. Thanks, Shelby. Thanks. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and being part of this love revolution. If you're feeling nourished and supported by this podcast, please share it with your people, subscribe so you're notified of all of our episodes, and leave a five-star review so we can get the word out. If you're a therapist, coach, or on your own healing journey and have themes you'd love to have us explore, send us an email at revolutionaryloveandresilience at gmail.com. You can find both of our offerings, everything from online courses to one-on-one sessions, by following our links in the show notes or searching our names online.